This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. He strikes again. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth with you. And joining us now is John Daigle from 4 for 4 and BetSperts. Hey, it's Friday. We got to hear from John. Got to hear from John before we get our bets in for Week 10. So, John, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. I want to start with the Giants and the Cowboys because I have a, a twofold question for you. Number one, how do you see this game playing out? And number two... This is the largest spread of the season at Cowboys minus 17. I'm curious as far as your process is concerned in terms, of, in terms of sides and even in terms of props, when you see spreads that large, how do you generally attack them? I usually get terrified when the number is that big. And Tommy DeVito did all of his production last week, even in garbage time in the fourth quarter. He was basically just bailing any time the Giants, the rare times they gave him a clean pocket and just scrambling away and trying to find something to do. So he looked fine in the in the last half of that fourth quarter last week, but nothing that we still take the Giants seriously, especially without any healthy role players outside of Saquon Barkley. For me, I, I, you know, the, the, the spread suggests as much, but I really do think the Cowboys just lay it on here because quietly no one's noticing that Dak Prescott is doing amazing, but they've become a passing team. Maybe it's because they do understand that Tony Pollard's still pretty banged up from his playoff injury. But right now, finally, is Dak Prescott offering higher floor for props with five and a half carries per game over his last three starts? The Cowboys are passing the ball at the league's fifth highest rate when they've had an eight plus point lead. They don't even run the ball anymore whenever they have built this massive lead. They now just give it to Prescott. They're moving CeeDee Lamb around. He's playing 50-50 finally. I don't know why it took until one of the final years of his rookie deal in week nine to figure it out, but he's finally playing 50-50 boundary and slot receiver, and that's why his target share has grown out of the bye too. Jake Ferguson looks incredible as a red zone threat, so that's kind of become the core of their offense. Instead of Tony Pollard, it's now those three guys together. So, yeah, that's why I kind of like the Cowboys to push back quite easily and move the ball here. Primetime unders, 23-7 and seven this year, and it happened again if uh, you decided to suffer through it between uh, Chicago and Carolina last night. Is, is this a thing where, where you're taking a look at it and thinking, okay, uh, with my fantasy teams, if if I'm kind of splitting hairs here, if I'm close, or with prop bets, where you don't want to bet on offensive success in some of these primetime matchups. I mean, we've got some some bad ones this week, but uh, or or do you think it's just it's kind of random? 
there's unders all over the place, and we just see it in these primetime games where uh, the offenses have been pretty poor. A lot of the times I like to see how the market dictates, too. I will say I do like – I have two bets on primetime, beginning with Sunday night. I can't believe they put the Jets in front of our national faces again, but here we are. Having said <laughs> yeah. that, it's a – it's a much different spot for Brees Hall and the Jets offense this time around. Not that I'm expecting Zach Wilson to do anything different, but Brees Hall, in terms of his matchup, the Chargers have been an amazing run defense this year. Very rarely do we see like defensive splashes in free agency pay off this well. It's kind of happened with the Chargers trenches. It's happened with the Bears too. The Bears run defense has been so good this season based on their two big linebacker signings. But for Hall and the Raiders, the Las Vegas is allowing 4.6 yards per carry to opposing running backs. Eight different running backs have reached over 65 rushing yards against them so far. So the 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 Antonio Pierce is the feel-good story. I get that. They came out as a hard-nosed, run-heavy team that happened to work last week. I think it kind of backfires this one. So I do like Brees Hall overs quite a bit. And then I am, you mentioned unders. I lean that way with the Bills and the Broncos because – like we talked about with Joe Burrow and the Bills last week and the market not catching up to the Bills' leaky defense this past month without their best players, I don't think the market has caught up to the Broncos' defense because they started the first month of the season historically poor, but they had too many stars to be that bad in their secondary. And so you always thought, okay, if Justin Simmons, Patrick Sertan, if they could just figure out the scheme and they could start clicking, they're going to be fine. They're going to be league average at least. And so far in their last four games, we've now seen their defense creep up into the top half of the league and pressure created 12th in yards per attempt in that time and 10th in limiting explosive passes over the top. They can. They are still giving quite a bit of production to opposing running backs, but the Bills are yet again back in their bag like last year and giving their backfield the fewest touches in the in uh in the league. That's probably why every offseason too, they're rumored to make a big signing or use high draft capital on a running back because they absolutely hate their guys um in the backfield behind Josh Allen. Maybe that also leads to Leonard Fournette being promoted this week, but. Even then, does he actually make that big of an impact in his first game? So I like the under in the Broncos-Bills game. Commanders at Seahawks. Uh, how many ways can we exploit this commander's defense? That's what I've been looking at. I'm probably going to stay away from the spread here, but is this a Geno Smith game, Tyler Lockett, Kenneth Walker, or maybe you're not interested in any of these props, but I'm curious your thoughts on this matchup. It is DK Metcalf for me because Ooh, we saw last okay. week, as I'm sure you've talked about throughout the week, the commander's first game without Montez Sweat and Chase Young, they only pressured Mac Jones on 23% of his dropbacks and they recorded one sack just for reference for everyone. They were pressuring quarterbacks on 36% of their dropbacks through week eight. And Gino has been turning the ball over a lot, but he's still averaging eight yards per attempt from a clean pocket, sixth among all quarterbacks. And so if we think he's going to stand back there and not be under duress, I would imagine he he's able to deliver quite efficiently. And DK Metcalf last week, even against that historically good Ravens defense, like I knew the Ravens were good. I picked them with the points. I didn't think it'd be a bludgeoning like that. Uh, even then though, he spiked a little 50 yard catch. He led them with a 23 yard depth of target. So 
If, if I if I was not scared to bet DK Metcalf overs against that defense, you can only imagine the ladders I'm putting on the board this week against the <laughs> Commanders. Yes. Oh, that more than makes sense to me. <laughs> That's for darn sure. Uh, we were talking about uh, Colts and Patriots uh, earlier in the program, and I think the general consensus among the three of us was, boy, there's no good reason to wake up early and watch this football game. No. But do you see a reason? to bet on this football game. Do you see something we should be watching for? Wake up early and watch the final round of the Barracuda Championship instead, I guess, because it's not this game. It's not happening here. <laughs> uh, the Patriots are blitzing at the league's fourth highest rate, and Gardner Minshew, that has been his bugaboo this year. He's completing just 55% of his passes for five yards per attempt against the Blitz. Uh, I, I worry about the Patriots' passing game. Also, the fact that, Carolina has been better against the run. Like Deontay Foreman got there last night, but it wasn't sexy. It was, you know, 80 yards and a touchdown, kind of what Deontay Foreman does. Carolina has been better out of their bye. And that's I think that's why Jonathan Taylor, although he got there with a receiving touchdown last week, still quietly only averaged 2.6 yards per carry. But we did at least see the changing of the tides and, and him out-touch Zach Moss massively. Having said that, I just think the Patriots defense is actually going to be able to stifle the Colts passing attack. And thus, like we had mentioned earlier, unfortunately, I, I lean towards under and this one. I don't think it's worth waking up for. I don't have a side, but if you told me to bet or lean which way, I'd probably just go Patriots money line. I think the wrong team may be favored here. Uh, John, I saw uh, this week in your waiver wire column that, like like many others, you had number one Quentin Johnston because of the opportunity, and you know, you know that's somebody that I was high on in the off season and figured he would get opportunities, and it, it's looked awful. But now, due to injuries, he's forced into it. Uh, I want to see if you could sell me on Johnston a little bit. Like I just couldn't, I just couldn't. <laughs> I haven't seen enough there, but we'll see if he gets the looks and just that game in general. Uh, Chargers Lions. It's going to be. It's one of the few games that looks like it's going to be pretty good this week. Uh, Detroit, a three-point road favorite. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Lots of moving pieces in Chargers-Lions. Let's start with Quentin Johnson and fantasy football because, one, it's a weak waiver wire for fantasy. Even our hero, Keaton Mitchell, mm -hmm. uh, got downgraded at practice on Thursday, so we don't even know if we're going to get him if you went for the running back instead of the wide receiver. For me, Quentin Johnson, everything is kind of adding up because not only the opportunity, led the Chargers in routes run last week in his first game without Josh Palmer, but now we've seen out of their bye, albeit against the Jets and the Bears, the Chargers offense, Tommy DeVito has a higher depth of target these past two weeks than Justin <laughs> Herbert. 
They've kind of gone back to their old ways. Everyone, every, everyone has always said that, oh, like it's no longer Joe Lombardi. It's Kellen Moore. That's not how professional football works. We know that. What happens is Justin Herbert looks up. He sees Jalen Guyton. And he says, hell no. And he throws to Austin Eckler instead. <laughs> that's how, that's how depth the targets work. You still need the talent to get downfield. And now we've seen since week four without Mike Williams, their best downfield receiver, Justin Herbert's 20th in yards per attempt. He's completed less than 60% of his passes in four of the last five games. And, I know that's a backwards way to say I think Quentin Johnson can succeed, but the fact is, and Ed knows this, Johnston was not a good downfield receiver at TCU. He's one of the nation's worst, actually. Uh The way you utilize him is like big Brandon Ayuk. He averaged 7.7 yards after the catch per reception at TCU. And so if we now are integrating this offense to get the ball out quickly just to move the chains, that's how Johnston succeeds. Otherwise, he gets incorrectly pigeonholed in the league like Chase Claypool, who has also been one of the league's worst contested catch uh, options downfield for his entire career. So 6'3", but he does need to be used like Brandon Ayuk, and I think it can work this way. So opportunity plus the Jets. That's the whole point with the Chargers offense too, right, is that the Jets have stifled everyone they've played. Patrick Mahomes, uh, league low passing yards. Uh, Jalen Hurts, they got to him with three picks. Josh Allen had three picks. They even stopped Tua. The Jets defense stop everyone, so that's no big deal. I don't worry about Quentin Johnston bouncing back. Now for this game against Detroit, for for futures for Detroit, I still worry because the two times they've been asked, like the Dolphins, to compete against playoff contenders, they failed. Geno Smith threw for 328 and two touchdowns in week two, and then a couple weeks ago, Lamar Jackson got him for over 303 touchdowns. But because of whatever everything I just said, I don't think the Chargers are the offense to really take advantage and like exploit the Lions' defensiveness here. Also, the Chargers have been playing zone coverage at the 10th highest rate of their defensive snaps. And Jerry Goff this year has been awesome against zone coverage. 70% completion rate, tied with Kirk Cousins for a league-high eight touchdowns against zone coverage too. So I really like the Lions just kind of do whatever they want against the Chargers, and I think the number's too low, honestly. Love it. Awesome. So I want to open it up to you. What are some matchups that you love props wise that we haven't discussed anything left on the board that you like? My other big bet besides the Lions laying the points this week is the 49ers laying the points against the Jaguars, because I think how the Jaguars defense has performed based on their metrics under the hood, like they are over-hyping themselves right now. Uh, in fact, they're probably a team we're fading over the second half of the season, given that their offense also really hasn't performed that great. But Brock Purdy, we know the issues in his last three games have really come under duress. Five interceptions, two fumbles in that time. But from a cleaned pocket, he still leads the league in yards per attempt and completion rate. And now this Jags defense, 25th in pressure rate, 26th in sacks. Not only that, but they're one of only four defenses playing zone coverage on over 80% of their snaps. You can set your watch to it. And the prop you asked about, Brandon Ayuk against zone coverage this year has seen 61% of his targets for the second most yards per catch, 19 yards per catch, and leads the league in yards per route run against said coverage. We're getting Trent Williams back. We're getting Debo Samuel back. So I don't see the 49ers having an issue here. I'm excited because I think the game could also go over, but I really like the 49ers team total and just everyone to get there for them. When it comes to this Bengals offense, T. Higgins expected to miss with that hamstring injury. Jamar Chase plans to play. 
How flexible do you feel like the Bengals are as far as their personnel is concerned to be able to withstand any kind of injury to that receiver core? I would have been skeptical before the Bills game, but then all of a sudden out of nowhere, they wanted to show off and also get their tight ends involved. It's like, oh, y'all can do anything. That's good to know for the second half of the season. <laughs> so maybe I don't worry about it in this spot. And honestly, it's it's a pretty great spot for the Bills because we saw the Texans open up with 23 different players on their injury report as of Wednesday. It seems like they're going to get a couple back, but even then, this is not a game I bet against of Lou Anarumo. That's kind of been my thought on this one all week long. Like we forget because he's been around so long calling plays for the Bengals that he's faced prominent rookies in his career. And he held Lou Anarumo, Kyler Murray to 253 passing yards and no passing touchdowns as a rookie. The Dolphins in Tua's rookie year managed only one offensive touchdown against him. And then in 2021, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields combined for 260 passing yards and one interception against him. I just think like the way the Bengals also play coverage, that's how they're going to get here in this one. I, I kind of expect them to confuse the hell out of CJ Stroud. So I like the Bengals and the points here too. Good stuff. John Daigle from 4 for 4 and BetSperts. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, CJ Stroud versus Joe Burrow. Our plays for that contest. We also are going to talk about the Browns and Ravens and the Little Giants against the Cowboys. That's right here on the BetQL Network.